helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Now, here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. A common concern is always money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Welcome to Talk Money. Well, my guest today is going to be answering a question that I hear more often than I can imagine, but it's that time of the year. It's the time of the year when people are getting enormous amounts of mail. They're getting that uh, proverbial watch on the television where it's, it's telling them that they need to make a change. It's called the Medicare Open Enrollment Time, and I don't know about you guys, but it's just taking the... <laughs> It always does. Here's the question that we got that I think is so good. It says, Jim, help me understand Medicare. Now, that could right there is an impossibility. I think it's just we can't do that. But here's the second part. From the ads on TV, the amount of mail I'm getting, I'm confused. Well, the expert is with us this morning. Shannon Dyson is going to go through this process. Shannon, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me back, Jim. And again, you'll talk about Joe Biden, and you've got to do all the explanation. And I'm leaving now, so see right. you later. Yeah, it's just like you've ex- got the ex- mic. Explain Medicare. That's that's an easy <laughs> thing. I feel like a broken record this time of year, uh, just because you know it is. It's so confusing, and, and you mentioned uh, all of the mail that you get, and sometimes it may seem uh, contradictory to each other. And are people trying to confuse us? What's going on? I think there's just so much information uh, online, uh, and during this open enrollment time, you mentioned uh, seem like commercials pick up, mail picks up, and so it just becomes a, a confusing time to know. You know, I think I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but when you hear all of these people saying all of these different things, it becomes well, maybe I should get some advice and try to learn a little bit more about I, it. It's not only advice. It, I think the presidential election had a lot to do with it. The, the rhetoric around Medicare. Well, you hear Medicare for all. You hear it's for un, people under the age of sixty-five now. Is that is has that happened? Is that going to happen? So yeah, it just adds to the confusion. Well, and again, you gave me a statistic earlier, and we were talking about it. One in five Americans are currently enrolled in Medicare, and you have ten, almost ten thousand that are becoming of age. Daily to me that was a that was a staggering number ten thousand daily. That's a huge. Well, I mean, just, again, huge. we have to realize that Medicare is a very much a, a part of our life today, especially for the aging baby boomers yeah. that we talk about. So, what are some questions that you find? I mean, I know here's the one I want to lead with you and ask you this because do you have problems? Is this one that you would want people to list? If I have problems with my plan that I enrolled in last year. What do they do? And I think that's part of the the confusion, too, because there's not just a cut and dry answer to that question. It really depends on what type of plans that you have. Uh, But, yeah, the first thing I think to ask yourself when you're going through this annual open enrollment period, um, were you happy with the plans that you had last year? Uh, Think back. Did they pay the claims properly? Did you have any issues, especially on the prescription drug piece? uh, Were your prescriptions covered? Uh, did you show up to the pharmacy and you had to pay $80 when you thought you were only going to have to pay five? Things like that to kind of think through the last year and just see, did did the plan work for me last well, year? Well, again, I keep, that leads into this question. When you talk about, you know, did I have problems? One of the problems could be, did it cost? You know, yeah. can I afford my current plan? And yeah. that's a decision. It seems like everybody shops for the cheapest plan. And I understand that. We do that by nature. 
But that's a question they have to ask. Well, there's really two ways that you're that you're going to pay. You're going to pay me now or pay me later. I think is a, is probably you've heard that saying before. But you're either going to pay a higher premium today, and when I say premium, premium for insurance, uh, and for the higher premium insurance plans, you may pay less when you actually see the doctor. Um, if you're paying a very small premium, or you hear this time of year zero premium plans. Um, you are going to have some out-of-pocket costs to think about and to consider when you actually go to the doctor or if you end up in the hospital or have surgery. You're going to have some pretty big expenses to pay out of your pocket. So it's either you know pay the premium today or wait until you need the care, and then you're going to pay out-of-pocket then. Well, what about changing a plan? I mean, that uh, to a lot of people is it's a fearful thing. I mean, they don't know what to do. I know I watch a commercial uh, I think it's uh, I've seen it, I've seen it quite often, and it's by a former football player. That as soon as he t- says that, you know, he's got his hands his hands moving about ten thousand times during the whole commercial, and everybody knows who I'm talking about. If you watch this commercial, the reality former Super is, Bowl winner. Yeah, he was a Super Bowl winner. <laughs> he was, yes, yeah. and he uh, you know wore big socks. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know who I'm talking. I about. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah. the reality is he's promoting a plan. And he goes through this, and he, he says, you know, you can get this and this and this and this and this absolutely free. Right. What does that mean? Yeah, that, that's the, to me, that is why people are confused. I've had several uh, clients that we've had for years uh, still at this time of year say, what, is this, what are they talking about when I can get a zero premium plan and have zero copays? You know, that, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, you know? it sounds like something we all ought to do. Absolutely, but there are caveats to all of that. Do those plans exist? Yes, they do exist. So it is not, they're not. It's not false advertising. They're not promoting something that is no. not there. Uh, but there are certain things that have to happen in order for you to be able to qualify for those. Uh, most of it has to do with your income. And so if your income is above uh, a certain amount, you are not going to qualify for the types of programs that they're talking about on television. So now when you say income, does that include Social Security? It does, yeah. It includes so Social add Security. it all Absolutely. together. Add it all together. Yeah, and so that that's most of the time when we're hearing, well, not most of the time, all of the time when we hear you can get a plan and pay zero copays uh, at the doctors, what they're talking about are plans that are for lower income Americans. And if they qualify for that, it's a great plan. But there are many people that will not qualify for that type of program. So keep in mind, you need to make sure you're going to qualify. Now, I hate to say this. It's almost, and I feel comfortable saying it because I think it's important for you, my, our listeners, to know it. Don't be caught in this, and I, I'm going to say what it is, a baited advertisement to get you to talk to someone that says, well, you don't qualify. you got to do this. Sometimes that's all that's happening to you. Just be sensitive to that before you get on the bandwagon to think you're going to get something for free and you know, with a lot of coverage. It is important for those who need it, yes, but most of the time we find that people don't qualify. Yeah, I think that there's nothing wrong with checking into um, programs that you hear about. Just don't sign up for anything. And a lot of the mailers that you get this time of year, it's pretty easy to mistakenly sign up for something because it. it some of the ones that I have seen uh, basically just say, hey, print your name here and sign it. Uh, in order to make sure that you are covered for Medicare. Uh, and so if you're not paying attention, well, I, I definitely need to be covered for Medicare, and you and you put your name and, and your date of birth and you sign up a form, all of a sudden you're into one of these. And these are Medicare Advantage-type plans that we're talking about. And so just be careful. Uh, um, call, ask questions. 
just don't sign up for anything until you have all the facts. In other words, you get the facts before you step into something. Well, what are the facts that I think, you, you know, that so many people have to know if you've been recently diagnosed with a new illness? That's a fact that you need to be sensitive when you think about making a change. Yeah, this time of year or really any time of year, if you, if you currently have Medicare and you have a Medicare supplement, uh, with Medicare supplements, uh, if you've been diagnosed with a recent illness, that becomes a big deal for you because if you're wanting to change uh, out of your Medicare supplement to a new Medicare supplement, um, you will have to answer health questions. And that's not any company specific. That's just the rules. So if you have a Medicare supplement today, you can actually change a Medicare supplement any month that you want to, but you're going to have to answer health questions. And so just understand uh, that you, if you've been recently diagnosed with an illness, you may need to wait. Shannon, since you've mentioned the Medicare supplement, I know there's a lot of moving parts to selecting a Medicare supplement. Now, I want to talk to you about prescription drug plans, too, but help us understand when I go to select a Medicare supplement, what are some things I need to be very sensitive about? With Medicare supplements, <clears throat> there are no doctor networks. And so one of the things that we just talked about, the commercials that you hear on television and Medicare Advantage plans, one of the differentiating pieces from a Medicare supplement from a Medicare Advantage plan is that Medicare supplements, all they do is supplement Medicare. The, the, what they do is in the title. And so Medicare A and B is your primary provider, and a supplement just comes along and picks up the costs that Medicare does not cover. And so what that means is that if you're traveling, if you travel a lot out of, the, out of your area, uh, you can still see a doctor that accepts Medicare. You don't have to worry about a PPO network or an HMO network. Um, you can choose any. So when you're looking at the different uh, insurance companies that have plans, one of the things you don't have to worry about is, well, wonder what their, what their network is versus what this other company's network is. It doesn't matter. If a doctor accepts Medicare, you can see that doctor. So the doctor accepts Medicare. Absolutely. You're covered. All right, let's take us out to the question for a lot of people. In fact, we just had it asked the other day, and I was going to go to my second question. If I'm traveling outside of my area, am mm -hmm. I covered? Here's the second. If I'm traveling outside of the country, am I covered? That's yep. Those are two great questions. Yeah, Medicare supplements also have foreign travel uh, benefits associated with them. So if you do travel... Uh, it's just another reason to really look strongly at a Medicare supplement versus the Medicare advantages that you'll see advertised a lot. All right. Now, I, I, you said that, and I, and I think everybody understands that except me. Supplement <laughs> versus Medicare Advantage. Yeah. That's a, so explain it to me. Medicare Advantage. It, uh, it, if you think about Medicare A, Medicare A, hospitalization, Medicare B, or your doctor charges. So that's what every person can get, Medicare A and B. And then you have the choice of what do I get to help me with expenses that Medicare does not cover? Do I get a Medicare supplement or do I get a Medicare Advantage? Uh, and Medicare Advantage plans, they are they're PPO network plans. They have HMO network plans. So they have doctor networks that you have to utilize inside of an Advantage plan. Um, the plus side of an Advantage plan is you can get one with a zero premium. No matter what your income is, you can get a plan with a zero premium. Uh, but what I always tell people is, is if you are, if doctor choice is important to you, do not select a Medicare Advantage plan because you will find that there are not many specialists in most of the networks. And if you travel, uh, you are automatically out of network because these plans are regional in nature. 
Wow, that's uh, important information. If you just tuned in, my guest is Shannon Dyson. It is open enrollment for Medicare, and it is confusing at best. And always we get a lot of questions, and the questions that kind of started this program is all about I'm getting an enormous amount of mail. The television is walking through all kinds of this and this, this, this plan, that plan, and I'm confused. Help me out. Well, that's what Shannon's doing. We're talking about something that happens every year, open enrollment, Medicare. Now, we've talked about the idea behind if I had problems last year with my coverage, think through it. If I'm looking at can I afford my current plan, think through it. So we're talking about that traveling, know who's covered, what's not covered, and know specialists in a lot of plans are not covered. Medicare may cover it, but if you're into a, a advantage plan, it's not. So you're talking about a lot of stuff, but here's the thing. My prescriptions. I take an aspirin today, but six months from now, I'm going to be taking a very expensive heart drug. I'm just using this as an example, not for me. But the reality is that's a change. What happens? What do I need to be sensitive to? That, and that's really the prescription program, the prescription Part D program, is really the main thing that we're talking about with open enrollment. So open enrollment going from October the 15th through December the 7th every year, it's an opportunity for you to take a look at what your current prescriptions are and what prescription company will be the best one for you. And it may not be the same one from year to year. Um, there are many, many changes that happen throughout the, the year with these different insurance programs for, for prescription Part D. There are new companies that come into the market. Uh, a company that you have a plan with today may be getting out of the market altogether. Or if you're, let's just say you're taking Lipitor as an example and you're paying $5 for it today. Uh, and you get your your uh, mail in from the new new year and it says your Lipitor is now going to be $45. Well, we need to ch- look at that and see if there's another insurance carrier out there that will cover the Lipitor and get it back down to that $5 level for you. Uh, and that happens all of the time. You always need to make sure from year to year that you're still in the best plan for you. Wow. A lot of um, moving parts, and yet you do a great job of explaining this. One in five Americans are currently enrolled in Medicare. That's the Medicare health plan. And almost 10,000 age into Medicare every day. So we're talking to you. That's an enormous amount of our population in this United States. It's the baby boomers. And uh, you need to know the facts about it. You can call Shannon if you'd like to talk to him, 757-5757. Shannon, you did a seminar recently and had a Zoom seminar. We did, yeah. Had a lot of people attending. Do you have another one of those planned before the end of the year? We'll have another one in the next couple of weeks. We'll put a date out there. Um, we, we like to say that we help you clean the clutter out of your, out of your mailbox. Oh, so we have people goodness. bring their, their shoeboxes full of mail, and they can just dump it in the trash yep. once, we go through the, once we go through the seminar. I mean, it is amazing. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Always good to have you on the program. But stay with us. Don't walk away because we've got Shannon Dyson. He's been doing Medicare, but guys, listen to this. Scott Jordan's going to give us seven long-term investing plans. I mean, the whole idea, how to some some ideas, some seven principles about just investing for the long term, and that's going to be good. Welcome to the program, Scott. Great to be here, Jim. All right, guys. Now, listen. Here's my question. This is everybody's thinking. This we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We consistently have been talking about this pre to the election. Now we supposedly we have a president elect. 
Mr. Joe Biden. We talked about the difference in the parties. It looks like the Senate's going to be able to be controlled by the Republicans. That's a praise the Lord. So all of this is important. But here's the thought. They said if you talk to both parties, they wanted to reduce health care cost. So I'm going to go to you, Shannon. Scott, stay with me because this is a debate about all the issues and the cost. Do you think that's going to happen? Oh, wow, loaded question. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm out of here. Well, I tell you, if we if we go by history um, the, with the ACA, they, they once said that the the Affordable Care Act would help lower health care costs. Um, I don't care what statistics you look at today, <laughs> uh, costs were not lowered um, by any measure. So if we're looking at history, I would say it'd be, it's going to be tough uh, to to lower the cost with the with the types of plans that they're they're. But talking I'm going about. to promise you that, so that's good enough, right? Absolutely. But yeah. here's the problem, guys, and 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 Scott, you weigh into this too. Biden says he's going to offer a health care plan similar to Medicare, but it, it's it's going to expand coverage for everybody. Now that's going to cost a lot of money. You're going to get it from two ways: either increased debt. With the U.S. government or raise taxes, but do you think we're going to be able to push through this thing about giving Medicare for everybody? I mean, this low-income Americans increasing the value of tax credits. You're talking about lowering the premiums, extending the coverage, all that. Well, when we were going through the the Democratic primaries, um, I think almost everyone on the stage was in favor of Medicare for all, except Biden. So Biden always said he was not in favor of Medicare for all. And the, his proposals that he's put forward, they, they stay true to that. He, he's offering a, a, a government or a public option to his plan, uh, which, you know, if you ask my opinion, uh, I don't know how you afford uh, all of that and, and bringing more tax credits in for the basically expanding the Affordable Care Act. Uh, but I don't see a, a Medicare for all um, motion going forward. Now, you go to a public option that is stepping toward that direction. Uh, but I don't think Medicare for all is in the cards in the near future. I'm going to say this, Jim. I, I think the best opportunity to lower health care costs is in the free markets. And I think I think health care costs are going to go lower in the future, but it's going to be through innovation. And I think whether the government's paying for that or, or private citizens are paying for that health care, I think, you know, when you look at the, what Medicare replaces, the cost that they replace to the doctor, they pay out less than what insurers and private payers pay. So if that were to expand out, I think by, by just by force, uh, they're going to be forced to be more innovative in order to keep profits up. So I think health care costs could potentially go down, but I don't think it's going to be the government driving that. I agree with that. And I think, too, that if, if government regulation is kept out of it, because the free market like you said, they'll find ways to bring costs down. And they did with the Affordable Care Act. There are right. brand new plans that are in the market today that didn't exist uh, in 2010. And so that's the way. Of, but it's, it's hard to do when you have a lot of government intervention and regulation. So I it'll agree. be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, again, let me. that's a great debate. We could talk about that all day long. And again, <laughs> we'll see how that works out. But I tell you what's on the mind of a lot of people right now, Scott. And I think this is why I wanted you to weigh into this. We had the question, should I go to the sidelines now? This was pre prior to the election. Then after the election, it was even, you know, do you think the market's going to crash? Of course, the markets has done, you know, anything but that. Here's the thought for everybody. What is the, what do you, what is your take 
as far as the market. Now, we're not trying to predict it. You know that. But, I mean, you're going to talk about some some principles, just just a few principles that are for long-term investors. And it's important for us to nail these down for everybody listening and for them to maintain that mindset. So let's start with that. What's your thoughts? Well, I think that's critical. You know, we've we've spent a lot of times on previous shows talking about not letting uh, emotions or politics interfere with your long-term investment strategies. And I think having these these kind of core investment principles in your mind, in place, and sticking with them through thick and thin is what can lead to excess. You know, I start to start with uh, you know. Number one, establish balance, and that really I'm saying focus on asset allocation and diversification. Now, that's a core tenet of, of a lot of what we do in investment. And asset allocation, we're simply looking at how much am I going to have in stocks, how much am I going to have in bonds, um, cash, how much am I going to have in cash. And you can throw some other categories in that as well, but it's, it's figuring out what is that right mix that I need in order to hit my goals and then diversifying for, for protection because we don't know the future. Well, you know, you say that, and I and I think we say that all the time. It's kind of like that's, you know, yeah. dead in the first reader for us. But right. the reality is there's a lot that goes on when you think about how to put together an asset allocation plan. But let me make sure that everybody listening, I, I think it's important. Asset allocation or nor diversification is never, and I repeat that, never going to guarantee against loss. This is a method that we use to manage risk, but it's not the perfect scenario. It's not the perfect storm, but asset allocation and diversification are fundamental to every good plan. Absolutely. They're fundamental risk risk management techniques. I mean, you're, you said it right. They don't guarantee anything, but, you know, knowing it, it's, it's easy to, uh, well, let me say it this way, having that rock solid in place. Figuring out what you're trying to accomplish and, and what type of asset allocation has a history of producing those types of returns that you need to hit your goals and putting that in place and stick it with it for the long term, that is going to have a higher probability of allowing you to hit your goals than than not having a plan at all and getting caught up in the ebbs and flows of the market and, and trying to move money around in accordance with that. If you just joined us, my guest is Scott Jordan, Certified Financial Planner. We're talking about principles of long-term investing. Now, we've just gone through a rigorous, I guess, a, you know, I guess unprecedented, that's the word we use, the pandemic, the market, the downturn, the election, and yet we're trying to share with you some principles that we want you to think about if you're long-term when it comes to your investment program. Establishing the balance is the first one you've talked about, Scott, and that's asset allocation and diversification. And again, everybody needs to understand that does not guarantee against loss. It's just a way to manage risk, but it is a fundamental block in anybody's investment program. What's number two? Number two would be make the choice. And by that, I mean make the choice to get started. Most people invest with some sort of long-term goal in mind, whether that's financial independence, maybe they want to pay down debt, educate children, have some charitable aspirations. Most of the time, there's a long-term goal there that they're trying to hit, and making that choice to get started on that, first of all, establishing that goal, and then making that choice to get started. And for a lot of people, that's as easy as beginning to participate in, a, say, a 401k plan at work. That's a good example. And going ahead and, and making that determination, making that choice that I'm going to get started on this, even if I don't have everything figured out that I'm working for, you know, I always say saving for savings not a bad saving for the sake of savings not a bad idea either. 
I mean, I'm a I'm a financial planner. I like having that long term plan in place and and looking at at where we're going. But just just saving and getting started is important. Is important. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about something that I think everybody struggles with: taking the appropriate risk. You mentioned that earlier to me that that's a principle: taking appropriate risk, not getting outside your risk tolerance, your comfort zone. I really want you to dive in on that because people listening, some of us do that, and that's why we get nervous when the market is up too high or down too low. You don't want to miss that coming up. That's Scott Jordan, Certified Financial Planner. He'll be with us when we get back. This is Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. I'm talking with Scott Jordan, and we're talking about seven principles of long-term investing. We talked about, first of all, establishing a balance. That's the amount of asset allocation and looking at diversification. And then make a choice. Make a choice to making the approach be long-term. You know, take advantage of using your employer-sponsored 401k plan and a match if there is a match. So those are things that are very critical, and they're just basics. This is a basic plan. And I want to tell you this real quick that I think it's important. Bottom line is we have on our website for you a PDF that says seven principles of long-term investing. And it's for you. All you have to do is go to Shoemaker Financial Facebook page, search for the document in our post, and there you'll be able to look at the PDF. If you'd like to print it, just simply download the PDF to a print mode and print it. Seven principles of investing. We want you to pick that up. Now, Scott, your talk, I mentioned this before we took the break, appropriate risk. And so many times that's what people struggle with. Yeah, that's something that we always have to sit down with people and try to help them figure out. You know, we have various questionnaires and things that help with that, but it's hard to it's hard to really say for sure how you're going to react in a real situation. But understanding that we call it risk tolerance, that tolerance for risk. We know that for most people, since since we do live in an inflationary economy, in order to maintain purchasing power, we need to invest in something that's going to grow. And that involves taking some amount of risk when we invest our money. So really sitting down and try to, trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to react under stressful situations? What is my emotional tolerance? And, and really kind of honing that in. And that goes back kind of that first, first principle we were talking about, that asset allocation, because, you know, long-term stocks has, have typically offered higher returns than bonds, but they've also been more volatile than bonds historically. So combining those assets in a manner that line up with your tolerance for risk can help make sure that your investments stay investments. Because I always say compounding over a long period of time is what's going to help you hit those goals. And if every time the market has a shakeup, you run for the hills and end up shooting yourself in the foot, then that's not the appropriate investment for you. So trying to really hone in on that risk tolerance. And it is tough because you know, sometimes it kind of depends on when you take that risk tolerance questionnaire. If, if you're in a in a real bull market, people taking oh, their yeah. oh risk, what's, sure, that? what's that? You know, yeah. and then 
You take it in 08, and there's a whole different story. I heard it so. said one time, risk tolerance is the shave factor or the sleep factor. That's a great way to put that. You know, Are <laughs> well, you going to be able to sleep, sleep at, at night? night yeah. and not worry about it, and that's important. So let's talk about doing something that's disciplined, and that's making regular contributions. Absolutely. And this this is, a, I think, a key principle for most people. You know, I always say one of the things you got to do to hit your goals is spend less than you earn. And really kind of deciding what portion, I, you know, I say there's really only a few things you can do with money. You can either live on it, you can give it away, you can owe it in taxes, don't have a lot of choice about that one. Uh, you can owe it in debt where you finance a bunch of stuff, or you can grow it. And trying to figure out what percentage, what are those percentage I want to spend in each of those categories? And I think some percent needs to regularly go to that grow category. And that's critical to hitting those long-term that's goals. That's discipline, too. That's discipline. That's giving up the 65-inch TV flat screen it and the sound system. It could mean that. Yeah, yes. and make sure that you're still putting the money aside. And and that goes to really, you know, having those long-term goals and plans so that so that you don't let the immediate, what you immediately want, that 65-inch TV crowd out the ultimate, what you're really trying to achieve for yourself and your family. And that takes that regular, consistent, disciplined percentage of going to those categories here's a question that i know that a lot of people have and i think you're going to cover this with your principles and i think again i want to remind people if you would like a copy of this pdf seven principles seven principles of long-term investing just simply go to shoemaker financial facebook page search for the document in our post and there will be able to find it you can view it if you'd like to print it just download it as a pdf seven principles of investing, long-term investing. Here's the thought. I know a lot of people get their 401k, they're investing, and we answer questions like this, and we've actually had questions that this is kind of addressing because we've had them for the radio program, understanding my investments. Yeah. That's difficult. And by that, I don't think we mean you need to be an expert on everything in investments, but you need to understand, A, why you're investing and how you're trying to achieve that. All investments have different risk-reward characteristics, and I think having a general understanding of, of how you're allocated, how you're investing, and how that works to help you accomplish your goals can, again, help you stay on that long-term investment program when time gets when times get tough. I know you say this a lot, Scott. If if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer, I'll get you the answer. Yes. And I know I've listened to you many, many times as you talk to clients. You don't try to talk over their head. No. no. I think this is, about, this is about the advisor being willing to explain the investment. So the person needs to understand, ask the question, and if you're not getting your answer— Ask it to somebody else. Right. Get your answers, right. what you're saying. Understand what you're doing. Understand what you're invested in. Understand the risk and, and potential rewards. All right. Got a few minutes left. I know this is something I want every person that's listening, or if you know somebody that's under 35, this is for you. 35 and under. Start early. Stay at it. And you'll do well. Time is your friend Amen. in investing. Now. I want to I want to kind of counteract that with if you're if you're 45 and you haven't started, <laughs> it, it's okay to get started. I mean, if today. you're 55, Start, and starting started. starting whenever is good. You know what's that old saying? What's the best time to plant an oak tree? 25 years ago or to today? I think that applies here too. Yeah. Uh, you know, but time is your friend. I you know, and you, somebody can fact check this. I don't have the right numbers, but you look at one of the most famous investors, Warren Buffett. You know, one of the one of his keys to success is how long he's been investing. I mean, the guy has literally been investing since he's ten year old, ten years old. I saw some calculations that if, if he would would have started at thirty, 
and retired at 60, like a lot of people with money do, he would be worth somewhere around $100 million versus the billions he's worth today. And you may not even know his name. So one of his secrets to success is just how long the guy's been investing. You know, he started investing literally when he was 10 years old. So. And that's kind of important for a lot of people. Yeah. That's a discipline that it we is don't discipline. teach that 25 or 30-year-old because I'm not sure parents have spent the time and the energy to yeah. teach. Now, we're not just talking about investing when it comes to this. We're talking about just managing money. Sure. But investing is a part. If you want to have success long-term, start early, stay at it, and continue to learn as you understand your investment program, what you're trying to do. And I think so many times, Scott, see if this makes sense to you. I think people start early, get distracted, right. and don't come back. That, that that can happen, or they get derailed by something in the a downturn in the economy, or something that causes them to lose faith in the system and, and abandon their long term strategies. That's um, easy to do, which Very leads to me do. to Very which easy. you just said it: <laughs> the old caveat that we yeah. all talk about the emotional yeah. side of investing. Yeah. And the principle is don't get emotional, and that's easy to say, right? <laughs> I mean, we you you really can't help but getting emotional. I think the the better principle would be don't let emotions derail your long-term investment strategy because you're going to get emotional. It's it's impossible not to. And I think with with and 2020 has been a tough year. I mean, oh, yeah. you've had everything from an election to the pandemic and and chaos in the streets even. So it's been a tough year to to stay focused and and stay on those long-term strategies and uh and that's just critical. Uh, going back to my, my Buffett quote, you know, what Buffett has not done over his years of investing is let either politics or emotions derail his long-term strategies. Boy, that's, well that's said, very strong mm. principles. If you want a copy of this PDF that we've mentioned, we've, we've put it together for you, seven principles of long-term investing. Just simply go to the Shoemaker Financial Facebook page, search, search for the document in our post, and there you'll be able to view the document. If you'd like to print it, just send it to the printing mode and uh, print it out as a PDF. And seven principles of long-term investing. Thanks, Scott. You always do a great job. Always great to be here, Jim. I want to turn the page. We're going to feature a minister here in the city that is just doing a bang-up job in our city as it's it's very effective, and I am privileged to have in the studio with me Pastor Ricky Floyd. He is with the Pursuit of God Transformation Center, and I want to talk to you, Pastor Ricky. Welcome to the program, first of all. Man, I'm excited about being here with you all today and just uh, grateful that you would use your influence to help us share the gospel of the Husband Institute. You know, the bottom line, he's got a great radio voice. Did you hear yeah. that? <laughs> I mean, bottom line, you know, I like that. But here's what I want to talk to you. I appreciate the friendship that you and I have and the Pursuit of God Transformation, Transformation Center. But I really want to know a lot about, and I want our audience to understand, the Husband Institute. That's a unique name, the Husband Institute. Yeah. What's the purpose of the Husband Institute? Well, the purpose of the Husband Institute is to grab uh, mainly inner-city boys who uh, had not been impacted by the Husband Institute will be statistics, tax burdens, uh, just challenges to our society. And so what we wanted to do is we want to give many of these boys an opportunity of escape out of the cycle that has been set before them. You know, Pastor Ricky, I'm very impressed with that, and and I know that's your heart. That's been your vision. You've been doing this for seven, eight years, yeah. and the impact has been tremendous. 
this is a this is a ministry that I think is is extremely viable because you're touching almost that group that gets kind of you know, maybe taken out of the system or pushed yeah. in the wrong direction. You know, most of these boys are what we call at high risk. Uh, Jim, almost every dysfunction in our society can some way be correlated back to the absence of a positive male model or father figure in the house. Uh, I mean, when I say every uh, drop out of high school, income, health issues, drug addiction, there's a seven time likely for a person to rape somebody who doesn't have their father figure in the house. And so what we're doing is, is we're giving these boys access to positive male role models. You know, I think the answer is in the, not I think, I know that the answer is in the Bible. And the Bible tells us in Malachi, uh, Jim, uh, until the fathers turn their hearts back toward the children, it's going to be like a curses on the land. And many of the dysfunction that we see in our society is because we are raising a generation uh, that doesn't have father. In our program, 90% of the boys, you were there you were there the other night, mm-hmm. 90% of the boys in our program don't have fathers. In yeah, you were going around and asking, where's your dad? And I, and I was shocked as I just kept listening to yeah. not at home or in prison or whatever. So yeah. these boys are coming from single families, single mothers that are, that are raising these kids. You're providing a group of men that are coming alongside them as mentors, as, as just friends. This is what I'm like. Yeah, I, I want to add to that we're providing. Uh, your partnership, recent partnership with us, I got chills on my body right now, has just taken our uh, influence, our impact with these boys to a whole nother level. And, and like I told you the other day, man, in the little old church building in Frazier, we may be having one of the strongest impacts on racial reconciliation in the city right now because you have you have uh, white men, black men, uh, and, and, Jim, just to show you the importance of your presence, this is the first year that we've really had white boys to become a part of the program. So we are having uh, a racial <laughs> unity movement that was not originally intent. You know, God's getting a, a two- or three-for-one special with this Husband Institute at this particular time. Well, it's, it's a ministry that's having an impact. Now, I'm talking with Pastor Ricky Floyd. He is, he is the pastor of the Pursuit of God Church or you might refer to it as the Pursuit of God Transformation Center. Yeah. Now, that's really what happens to us. Yeah. When you get saved, you are transformed. Romans yeah. 12, 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bottom line, nails it right in the heart of it. This is at 3171 Signal Street in Memphis. And it's in the Frazier area. The telephone number for the church office is 353-5772. If you want to know more about that, that's important. Now, Jim, let me tell you, you didn't include the blessing that you were part of there because you gave our old address. Oh, I did? <laughs> yeah. Our new address ah. is 3759 North Watkins, 3759 North Watkins, uh, which is formerly Bellevue. And we're grateful that Bellevue deeded us that property on April 1st. Based April, of this year. So you April know, Fool's was, Day has a whole new that, meaning I'm for thinking, me on that. <laughs> I thought it was in North Watkins, so yeah. good. Well, I'm glad you corrected me. That's good. So yes, now sir. we're talking about single mothers. We're talking about yeah. boys. We, you kind of give us the demographics mm-hmm. of it. Now, what's the what's the biggest high and low? What's the biggest issues that you see? What's the, What's been your biggest, you know, the where you say, man, God was all over this, yeah. and what's been the struggle? You know, to see how boys who come from, many of them come from families that are surrounded by gang activity, drug activity, 
violence, to see how open they are, Jim. This is kind of surprising to me, and you saw it. I had a tough time last night to see how open they are to discipline and rebuke. It's like they want to be corrected. Mm. But what, they, what they're experiencing is the correction that we're giving them is in love. When they find out that you love me, you know, I, there's an there's a old pop group called the Backstreet Boys, and they had a song say, I don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done, as long as you love me. Yeah. Those boys know that we love them. So when we said drop down and give me 20 push-ups right now, they'll grunt but they'll do it knowing that it was discipline out of love and not out of anger. Yeah, and I was excited to watch that. So, I mean, not, not excited. I guess that's the wrong word because yeah. I'm thinking, of, well, I wish I could do that. <laughs> you know, I was thinking if he tells me to get out and do well, 20, that's a waste of time. Yeah, and I'm hoping they don't challenge me to do them. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is these boys respect you, yeah. number one, and you're showing a discipline. I like the fact that when they – they answer a question. They have to, first of all, say who they are, yes. and they say that with a direct, and you ask them to speak up. I shook a couple of hands. Yeah. They're learning how to shake hands. They're learning how to lick me in the eye when yeah. they do that instead of looking down in a way. And then they, they repeat your question, which says to me they're, they're actually you know, putting that through the system yes. in their brain to get it. And that's a, that's a lesson. That's a teaching aspect. And that little thing right there, those little things are going to give those boys a competitive edge when they go to apply for jobs in our society. Because you will be amazed at how many men in their inner city community don't know that I'm supposed to give you a firm handshake, don't know I'm supposed to look you in the eye, don't know I'm supposed to say yes, sir, and no, sir. To that. that gives these boys a competitive edge uh, in uh, the employment arena. I think you're exactly right. I want to go to Shannon. Shannon, you're still in the studios with us. And Shannon Dyson, of course, is the guy who spoke earlier for us about Medicare. But, Shannon, you're also very much involved in a ministry called Angel Street. And Angel Street, your wife is actually the founder of Angel Street. So I want you to weigh in to what you see in that environment and how it plays into what's going on with the Pursuit of God Church. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of the same, a lot of the same things. So, so my wife, Jill, Angel Street is for girls uh, ages 8 to 18. And so a lot of the struggles that you're mentioning yeah. can relate. Th- those are the same types of struggles. But I tell you. You know, Pastor Floyd comes in here first. Great radio voice, of course, and then and then he's dropping Backstreet Boys references. I mean, right that, I mean, that is just he's right that's unbelievable. Top. But but what you said about uh, about uh, kids that are that are that they respond well to uh, discipline in love, yeah. and I think that's so right on the point. Is that a lot of people think these kids that are high in high risk areas and high risk they don't want to be disciplined. Sure they do. They just want somebody to love them while they do it. I thought that was great. What are your most pressing needs, Pastor Ricky? What do you see as right now is the needs for the Husband Institute? You know, I want to thank you again. One of our most pressing needs have been met, and that is the consistency of positive, stable male mentors. You know, for about eight years, I've almost been begging men to come, and some will come, spot come. Uh, and then when they come, they want to run everything when they do come. Man, you brought a force. You brought a cavalry with you. Men who will do anything from sweep, mop, serve French fries, uh, and then just take the time to love on the boys. So that that was one of our most pressing needs. Now we've almost, and last year before you all came, we almost had a ratio of five boys to every one mentor. Now with you all coming, we've got, uh, a mentor to probably 1.5 boys. 
So that that takes a whole level of quality time. We really do need two additional staff members because what we want to do is we want to go visit these boys at their school. We want to go visit them at their home. We want to show up at their games. We want to do everything that a father is supposed to do with a son. Uh, and so that's what we need. We need some resources to we feed the boys every week. You know, one thing, though, those boys are going to get every night, Jim, is they're going to get the five love languages. They're going to get quality time. They're going to get words of affirmation. They're going to get acts of service. They're going to get touch. And what's the other one I'm missing right now? They got, Man, I should know yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I should know these love yeah. languages. They're, they're going to get all the love languages. And let me tell you how powerful that is. Words of affirmation. Yeah, words of affirmation. Yes, sir. There you go. Yeah. Uh, one night we had a young man who, uh, we had a, a, a guy whose mother was killed. She had 10 children. She was killed on a Sunday night. The next Monday night, 18 hours later, this boy was jumping on the bus trying to come to the Husband Institute. At the time, he probably should have been with his family, grandmother. He knew, a nine-year-old knew, that if I go to the Husband Institute tonight, I'm going to get all my five love languages met. Wow. Does that not make you kind of know that there's somewhere in this city uh, on North Watkins at 3759, a ministry that is touching young boys You've got Angel Street touching ladies yeah. and Jill Dyson, which you've got here, Ricky, Pastor Ricky Floyd. Pursuit of God Church touching young boys who desperately need that. And, Ricky, you said staff members. Can this be a voluntary type of position? Somebody come in and say, I can give, I can give, and I can give, and I want to do that. That's, that's absolutely right. Uh, yes, we do need volunteers, someone who... Uh, and, and again, man, you're opening my mind up to that. That's the force of volunteers that you bought. You know, traditionally, you think you got to pay somebody to do these things, but you guys are bringing volunteers. So, yes, volunteers is what we need. You know, that's what this city is needing uh, yeah. the volunteers. Yes. We need people that have got a commitment. We've got a people. We need a, we need the church. Yes. Step up to be the church. And that's what we're talking about. That's why we feature a ministry like the Husband Institute with Pastor Ricky Floyd. Each and every month. Let me ask you this. I want you to, in summary, we just have a few minutes. Mm -hmm. In summary, what is the future of the Husband Institute? You know, we've gotten requests from five different states already of people who've just watched and observed the Husband Institute over the years, and they are asking us, can we package this and bring this to their cities? So I see Husband Institute in the next five years, having probably 10 locations in the United States. Phenomenal, phenomenal. If you just if you just tuned in, it's Pastor Ricky Floyd with the Pursuit of God Transformation Center at 3759 North Watkins. We're talking about the Husband Institute. You've been listening to KWAM, the mighty 990, FM 107.9 and AM 990. My guests, Shannon Dyson, Scott Jordan, and Pastor Ricky Floyd. If you would like to talk to him, just give him a call at 353-5772. He needs volunteers. He wants to have an impact. He's having an impact. Step up and make a call. To find a copy of the PDF that was mentioned earlier, simply go to 7. It's the 7 Principles of Long-Term Investing. Go to Shoemaker Financial Facebook page. Search for the document in our post, and there you can print it out from the PDF. My guest next week, Kurt Zarnowski, Michael Powell, and Ted Miner. We're going to go from Social Security update to long-term care. And you might need to look at it from your long-term financial strategy. That's Saturday at 10 a.m. right here on KWAM, the mighty 990 FM 107.9 and AM 990. 
We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guesting content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Lauren Forsyth. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securing Financial Services are affiliated with Pastor Ricky Floyd or the Pursuit of God Church and the Husband Institute. The views and opinions expressed are those of Pastor Ricky Floyd only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securing Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. People don't care who they hurt or be. A woman will sell her precious